Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. My name is Derek Hindenburg, and I am the host of Walk by Faith. Good morning, everybody. It is about 6.27 a.m. today's broadcast. Well, to say the least, it's a little bit earlier than I'm used to broadcasting, and usually... Really around this time of the morning, I'm at work. <laughs> and some people are probably wondering, well, why are you not at work? Well, this morning, me and my wife, we got some news that her grandmother actually is in the hospital. And, you know, before I go any further, you know, if you would, just please lend your prayers to uh, my wife's grandmother, my grandmother, too, of course. She has some heart issues. She's actually been ill for like the last month or so. And um, she's over 80 years old. But to be honest with you, I feel like to be her age, you know, she she's not in poor health. She actually just quit her part-time job that she had been working for about, I think, the last seven and a half years or so. Yeah, she she went back to work and then all of a sudden decided she was going to go ahead and and leave that alone, too. So she worked a pretty good part of her life. And we got that phone call this morning saying that she was in the hospital for my mother-in-law. And she's actually the one who watches after my my um, one of my kids on Thursdays while the other two go to school since she's pretty much been a big help when it comes to her and my grandmother have been a big help when it comes to watching after our children and it's been a blessing to have family here um in this in our city you know if you have family available who are ready and willing to take that responsibility of taking care of your kids versus putting them in daycare but not that i have anything against daycares but you know, i would much rather have my kids around family but um, to say the least, she's in the hospital, and I decided to take off this morning so I could watch my children, uh, get one of my kids to school, and uh, keep my youngest with me, um, at least until my wife gets off work. So that is basically how we started off the morning. And like I said, usually broadcasts are like later, mm, midday, mid-morning, we'll say, about 10, 11 o'clock. But since it's early, and since I do have the time, I want to go ahead and, and put the episode out now. Um, if you are unfamiliar with the schedule of Walk by Faith, um, I make a podcast every Wednesday and Friday. So expect episodes Wednesdays and Fridays. Uh, be sure to share the podcast with your friends and with your family, um, especially if it's been a blessing to you. Especially if you feel like Walk by Faith has helped you in any kind of way. Maybe gave you some motivation. Maybe inspired you. Maybe encouraged you or even educated you biblically. You know, I try very hard to to make this podcast to where anybody can relate to it. You know, whether you're older or whether you're younger. Because I 
live by telling the truth. And as the Lord says, the truth will make you free. So I don't believe in sugarcoating and I don't believe in, in, in talking about things that are just going to make people feel good without thinking. Okay. Now, today's topic is a pretty, I always say it's an interesting topic. It really is, to be honest with you. Um, it's an interesting topic, to say the least. Um, today's podcast is going to be called, When a Christian Sins. Okay. Now, the world, the world views Christians as quote-unquote well they actually see christians in two lights number one they see christians as quote-unquote perfect and number two you have another side that feels that christians are hypocritical okay regardless of whether people believe christians are perfect or whether they believe that they're hypocritical the fact of the matter is that Christians are always at the top of the conversation and that believers in Christ are always being observed. We're always being watched. We're always being judged. We're at the forefront of the world. Okay. But we always have to remember one thing when we're talking about believers in Christ. When we're talking about Christians. Christians are human. First and foremost, we're human people, people, human. We were still born in a fallen world. We were still born in sin. We are still wrapped up in this flesh in which we we have to live with until the day of redemption. When the Lord will call us home and give us our new glorified bodies so as long as we're still human as long as we're still here dwelling on earth and in the flesh Christians can sin there is never a point in time where a Christian is ever a hundred percent perfect you see we always have to remember that it's not us that's perfect it's jesus christ who is perfect we have to always remember that once somebody has come to redemption once somebody has come to christ and accepted christ remember accepted christ as their lord and their savior God only views Christ in them, not you, not me, but Christ. He's the one that's perfect. He's the one that is blameless, not us. We just accepted his free gift of perfection. Because it is the only thing that is accepted to walk through the gates of heaven. Now, just because we have accepted Christ and that he is Lord of our life does not mean that we're still going to be perfect. 
So if we're not perfect, what does that mean? That means that we have the potential to sin. Now, there's a difference between sinning and deliberately living in sin. There's, there's, that's a difference. Somebody who sins is human. And it happens. Somebody who deliberately lives and dwells in sin on a daily basis, that person there has a serious problem. Because they could potentially not be saved. It could be the fact that they are not wanting to let go of a certain sin that they have grown attached to. It could be quite a few things. But we're not talking about dwelling in sin today. We're talking about the 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 Christian who loves the Lord, who who follows Jesus, who shares the gospel. But he sins. Or but she sins. One or the other. I have four Bible verses. Just like every episode, ladies and gentlemen. We're going to use scriptures on this broadcast. On this podcast, I'll say. Because we follow the word of God for guidance. For assurance. Because everything I say is going to be backed up by scripture. So today I have four I have four verses. And after I'm gone after I'm done going through these verses, I want to talk I'm going to talk about a situation that happened to a Christian that a lot of people may know. Maybe you do, maybe you don't. But there was a situation that occurred um I think it was a week ago, almost two, that caused this person to really see another side of life. And like I said, we'll talk about it after the verses here. Really, really interesting situation that I feel that I feel like we all personally can benefit from. All right, so we're going to go ahead and start in the book of Proverbs, and like every episode, make sure that you. Have your Bible. If you don't have a physical Bible, um, get your phone. Get your tablet. Get on your laptop or computer. Everyone has a Bible. Whether it's physical or digital. God has made it to where no one has an excuse. All right. We're going to Proverbs 24. Proverbs 24, verse 16. For a just man falls seven times and rises up again. But the wicked will fall into mischief. So, in this verse, we're talking about two different people. We're talking about a just man 
and the wicked man. Scripture here says, for a just man falls seven times and rises up again. But a wicked man falls into mischief. So the just is the person who is saved by the Lord. Who has found the truth in Jesus and trusts the Lord, but he has made a mistake. He's done something wrong. And he falls. The fact is, no matter who you are, you're going to fall. But the scripture says here, he rises up again. He gets up and he continues going forward. There's going to be hills and valleys in this life. There are going to be moments when you're walking and then you're going to fall down into a ditch. And you climb up, dust yourself off, get out of the ditch and keep moving forward. And that's just the way life is. You'll get a couple of more miles up the road and then there'll be another ditch. Pitfall. Mistake, we'll say. Because we make mistakes. But it also says here, but the wicked falls into mischief. You know, the, the person who is not saved, the person who lives their their life unrighteous and wicked, when they fall, they fall into it, uh, uh, the deeper parts of sin. They fall to the point where it's like, well, they, they say, well, it doesn't matter. You know, I, I'm already wicked and wretched. I'm just going to go ahead and, and, and dwell in my sin. That's That's the wicked when they fall. But when the just falls... They get up again because he who dwells within us, the Holy Spirit, is not going to just let you lay down and sin. He's not going to just let you sit there and do nothing. He's going to pick you up, dust you off, and push you forward. That's what he does. That's what the Holy Spirit is for, to convict us, to fashion us, to get us where we need to be. We're going to go to the next verse, which is 1 John. Where are we? 1 John 118. 1 John 1.18. Hmm. Apparently, I need to go back. Okay. Actually, sorry, First John 1 9. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us from all, unsri- uh, from all unrighteousness. I got a little tongue twisted. So if this says if we confess our sins, he's faithful to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us of all unrighteousness. So in order for us to be cleansed, we, that means we have to have sin, correct? That means that at some point in time, we have to mess up. I mean, the verse would not be here if we didn't sin, right? If we were all perfect, and if we all just didn't make mistakes, we there would be no need for this verse. Correct? I mean, just... Correct me if I'm wrong, that he will forgive those who have sinned if we confess our sins. So he's saying you're going to go through this life 
and you're going to mess up. But if you confess those sins, I will forgive you and I will cleanse you and clean you up and pick you up and carry you on the way. It's, it's amazing to me how people think that just because you're a Christian that your life is just going to be picture perfect. It, 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 it's, it's, it's crazy to me. Well, let, 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 in fact, let's go up a verse. Still here in 1 John 1.8. Now, this one right here. This is what I would tell those super legalistic religious people. Okay. 1 John 1.8. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. You know, I was watching... I was watching a video the other day of this man who claims to be a pastor or a preacher. And he said that he 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 does not sin and that he has no sin. And I'm like, how could you sit here with a straight face and say that you have no sin? How is that possible? It's not. The scripture's clear. It says if we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves. And the truth is not in us. So it's just for somebody to claim to be perfect and to not have sin, the, the scriptures tell us that the truth is not in them. That they're fooled. They must have consumed some other doctrine. I mean, I, I have no clue what would possess somebody to believe that they're perfect. When it's only Jesus Christ that's perfect. Let's go to Romans 20. No, sorry. Romans 3. 23. That's a lot of threes. <laughs> oh, let's see. It's early, folks. It is very early. It's not very early, but it's. It's a little bit early, like I said. This podcast started early. I haven't even had my first cup of coffee yet. I haven't had any water. I just wanted to get on. I said I prayed and I was like, Lord, speak through me whatever words you want to 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 put out there. And this um the episode today, like I said, called When a Christian Sins, this was not actually what I intended on talking about. I, I ended up talking about I wanted to talk about something else, but whenever the Lord puts something on my heart, that's what I'm going to go with. So maybe on Friday, we'll talk about the other topic in which I feel is very important as well. All right. Romans three twenty three. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Being justified freely by his grace. Through the redemption that is in Jesus Christ. I mean, we can try as hard as we possibly want to, to be perfect, 
to be blameless. To try to quote unquote work our way to heaven. But the scriptures tell us that everyone has come short. For all have sinned. If you if you're reading along and you're looking at, I want you to underline the word all. For all have sinned. You know who all is? Everybody. The whole world. You, me, him, her, everybody. Has nothing to do with you being a nice person. A good person, a decent person, everyone has sinned. Now, this doesn't this doesn't mean that everybody's a bad person. Everyone doesn't go around murdering people. Everyone doesn't go around stealing, robbing banks. Everyone doesn't go around breaking into houses. But this still says that all have sinned. I mean, when we talk about sin, it could be anything. It could be anything. Sin is so critical and so micro, micro like to it's like no matter you can walk outside and sin without even realizing it. I mean... If you walk outside and don't speak to your neighbor and you keep walking, that's not demonstrating love to your neighbor. And some people are like, well, wow, like, what can I do? If you get in your car, you're driving, you run a red light. Hey, you just broke the law. Law of the land, but you broke the law. You sinned. Let's just say you are at the bank and you are trying to um, make a deposit. You take the pen, you're writing, and then you, you're not thinking. You give the, the banker, I mean the teller your check and whatnot, and you walk out the door and realize that you still have the pen from inside the bank. Well, you've stolen. Some people may, some people may say, well, I, <clears throat> excuse me, I didn't realize I stole, but... <clears throat> It doesn't matter whether you realized it or not. You still did. Scripture says here, for all have sinned. Come come short of the glory of God. Now, some of us are probably thinking right now, well, I can't do anything. What the heck can I do to go to heaven? But don't forget. Verse 24. Being justified freely by his grace. Through the redemption That is in Christ Jesus. It's like I said at the beginning of the broadcast. Jesus is the one that's perfect. He's the one that didn't sin. He's the one who the Lord. Who is in heaven. Has deemed to be justified. Who has called to be blameless. Perfect. And if we accept that gift, we too, spiritually speaking, will be made perfect. It's not about how good of a person you are. It's not about 
what you do, how many times you go to church in, uh, in a month or any of that stuff. None of that stuff gets you into heaven. I wish I was on social media yesterday, Facebook, and this woman shared this this picture and uh, I, it was extremely accurate. You know, basically saying that all of the things that don't save you and what actually saves you, you know, is Jesus. Now, I wish I had it on hand. I would read those all out loud, but it was on point. Because you have a lot of people out in this world thinking that they have to work to get to heaven. And if I'm not mistaken, I think there is a certain doctrine that people call that and I think it's lordship salvation which is the the salvation of you have to work your way to heaven and that is completely against scripture throughout the bible it tells us that the the law doesn't save us the law has never justified anybody the law can't do anything for you because you can't keep it. There's over 660 something mosaic laws in the Old Testament. And do you really think that people were could keep them all? If you can keep all those laws, you're perfect. And since none of us could do it and still can't do it to this day, we can't even keep 10. We can't even keep the Ten Commandments. Let alone six. Sorry, 600 plus. It's not possible. So I feel. Why even try? Why? When you can just accept the the, the, the blood, the, the Lamb of God, Jesus, who, who kept all of it and who, and who actually fulfilled it and nailed our sins to the cross. No Christian is perfect. No one, not even myself. Now, I mean, I I love the Lord like any other believer in Christ. But I will be the first to admit that I sin too. But I feel in my heart that when a believer in Christ sins, the conviction of the Holy Spirit hits them like a ton of bricks. And when we sin, we repent. Which means to turn away from your sin. You ask for forgiveness. You ask for you repent of your sins. You ask for forgiveness. And ask the Lord to convict you. To pull you away from whatever sin you fell into. And you keep walking with the Lord. And that's it. People have overcomplicated this. And a good example of this is this situation that has happened with a pretty known YouTuber. You may know him as the Vigilant Christian. The Vigilant Christian Mario Bryson. I started watching him many years ago. And he pretty much dedicated his YouTube channel 
to bringing down the Luciferian agenda, Satanism in, in the music industry, exposing all of that stuff, exposing artists, exposing movies, exposing just the works of the devil, enlightening the younger generation to basically telling them and letting them know, hey, this is how the world really is. It's not what you think. There's more to this world than meets the eye. And it's amazing how a lot of that stuff in which he has exposed has helped thousands upon thousands, probably millions of people. A lot of people look, looked and still do look up to Mario, the vigilant Christian. But I think that people forgot that he too is human. As he made videos and broadcasts, he would also tell his audience about his struggles. He was open, very open about it. Like, he made it clear that, you know, I'm a preacher. I stand for the truth of God and the word. But I struggle in this area. And I struggle in that area. And he would always ask people for prayer. Always. And watching him over the years, I could tell that he struggled with personal issues. Not only because not it's not only because he admitted it and was very open about it, but I could physically see it. And he would always catch so much criticism for that. He would always get so much judgment from people for being open about the fact that he too falls and gets back up, just like in the book of Proverbs, Proverbs 24, 16. Just man falls and gets up seven times. That's not a literal seven times, but that just means seven is a seven is the number of completion. You know, everything is the numbers, scripture numerics is what it's called. No, there's a meaning behind every number. That means you get up as many times as the Lord will pick you up. And like I said, people would would judge him on the count of, you know, him being very open about the fact that he struggles, which is where I, I feel him. I personally feel like that is admirable and important because at least you're telling people, you're telling the body of Christ that you have problems and that you need prayer and that you need deliverance in certain areas instead of trying to do things in private. Instead of keeping it to yourself and, and portraying yourself to be some perfect individual. Recently, some really, I'm going to say some really bad stuff has come out. Oh, about Mario. And. I mean wow. I mean some really bad stuff. Like I said. This this is a. um. 
like a family podcast and I don't want to get into specifics of what he did. I but I do want to say that what he did was I'm gonna go ahead and say was it was it was disturbing and bad enough to shake up the body of Christ like shaking up a hornet's nest. And he's being basically crucified for it. And he's being judged. He's being rebuked. I mean, some of everything. Like, people are just coming out of the woodwork on this man. And when I first learned about it, at first I was like, wow, man, are you are you serious now? Like, are you serious? And once this information came out, he didn't deny it at all. I mean, he he admitted when what he did, admitted that he was wrong, and he says he repented. And but he also says that you know, it's probably better that this has come out into the light because remember the word says whatever is done in the dark shall come to the light. Your sins will be made known. You know, God is going to come to you like and tell you you need to stop. You need to stop. And eventually, if you don't, you know, the next step is to bring it out into the open. Bring it before the church. And that's just what happened with Mario. His sin was brought before the church. And, I, and then, you know, basically everybody found out. Visual, visual evidence of his wrongdoing, not just word of mouth, not just he say, she say, this was visual evidence of him um, partaking in sin. Um, Like I said, a lot of people crucifying him about it. And like I said, I gave I gave my personal opinion to him. And I ended up making a video about it, and but I ended up taking that video down because the people who were pretty much trying to destroy him, you know, trying to leech on to me. So I'm like, okay, well, I'm not here for drama. I'm just here to give my opinion on the situation. Meaning that this man is a man. And he's not perfect. Just because he's a preacher doesn't mean he's perfect. Just because he's a pastor doesn't mean he's perfect. For you people out there who go to church, you know, don't think just because you admire your pastor and you respect him doesn't mean that he's perfect or your favorite speaker, excuse me, pastor on TV doesn't mean they're perfect. None of them are perfect. You don't know what they do behind closed doors. That's just the fact. Like, I've already told you. Like for me, I'm not perfect. And it's not about us being perfect. The Vigilant Christian Mario was exposed and he's being rebuked. But my problem with the way that some people are going about this situation is that They're acting as if they 
are perfect themselves and that they have no sin. That is my problem with this whole situation. You call him names, you crucify him, you say, oh, you are a wolf in sheep's clothing, you're not saved, you're going to hell, this and that and the third. While I'm, I'm like scratching my head like, what have you done that you don't want people to know about? What do you do behind closed doors? What sins do you commit that you wouldn't want in the open? Remember, the word tells us. He who says he is without sin has deceived himself. Romans 3, 23. For all, remember, underline it. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Everybody. Just because your sin has not been exposed to the public does not make you perfect. It does not mean that you don't sin because if again if you dwell on this earth if you are human and you have this flesh you sin christian or non-christian at this point it does not it it, is not a it doesn't matter what you identify as you are a sinner So the fact that people pretend to be perfect, to pretend to be self-righteous, self-righteous, I'll say. We're not talking about spirits being spiritually righteous, being spiritually justified through Jesus Christ. We're talking about the physical trials and issues that we dwell with on a daily basis when we fight our flesh. Because the fact is, there is so much in this world that is fighting against our spirit the flesh wants to indulge in everything there's so much temptation around us so much we are constantly at war we are constantly fighting every single day Every day. Every day. I mean, we have to be ready for battle. We got to be ready for battle. Just because we fall into sin doesn't mean that we should dwell in sin. Just because we fall into sin doesn't mean we have to accept that sin. You better understand that the enemy is constantly trying to get you to fail. That when you become a believer in Christ, you are a target. You are the new enemy. So Satan is going to throw everything in, everything in the book at you and the kitchen sink at you. Everything. But you need to fight back. Get up. Move forward. At this point, it's not about what other believers think of you. It's about what God thinks of you. Because God's grace is sufficient. and He forgives any and everyone when they ask for forgiveness. It's not about what 
the body of Christ believes or what the body of Christ thinks or what the body or how the, the body of Christ feels. Let them feel any kind of way that they want. Let them say what they want. Let them act foolish as if they are without sin. Your relationship with God is between you and God. Your relationship with Jesus Christ is between you and Christ. Not anybody else. Because Christians fall. Christians sin. Let us not feel as if we are supposed to be perfect when we get saved. I made that mistake. When I got saved, I thought... Everything is just going to be fantastic now. My life, I've come to Christ. I'm not sinning anymore. Man, I looked at life through like a perfect lens. And um, yeah, I still, <laughs> I still fail. I still fail. I remember the first time I fell, I was like, what happened? I didn't think this was possible. Yeah, it's possible. For a just man falls it, but gets back up. It's all about getting back up at the end of the day. I'm going to close this podcast out with some verses from Ephesians 6. And this is about battling evil, battling sin, battling temptation. You know, God has told us what we need to do. To protect ourselves in this world, Christians, because the fact is you're going to fall. But I feel that if we are properly equipped and ready, we can reduce the amount of times that we fall. Because you're not going to get through this life without failing sometimes, without messing up and making mistakes. It's just not going to happen. But you can get through this life being more vigilant, being more alert, being more in tune with the way the world works and fighting against it. Ephesians 6.11 says, put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. Excuse me. Underline the word schemes. For our fight is not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, and against spiritual forces of evil in heavenly places. Take up the whole armor of God. I want you to underline the whole armor of God or highlight it. That you may be able to resist in the evil day. We need the whole armor of God to be able to resist in the evil day. Ladies and gentlemen, we have to fight back. Continuing. And having done all to stand, stand therefore having your waist gritted with truth. Having put on the breastplate of righteousness. Underline that please breastplate of righteousness having your feet fitted with the readiness of the gospel of peace and above all taking the shield of faith with which 
you will be able to extinguish all the fiery arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. I'm not going to say that there's one piece of armor more important than the other. But there are two pieces of armor here that I feel that is absolutely needed to fight in this world. Number one, the shield of faith. Number two, the sword of the spirit. You need a shield. You need a sword. You need all, you need all of this armor. Trust me. All of it. But the shield of faith, having faith in Christ, and the sword of the spirit, which is the Bible, the word of God, that, that's your defense. Your, your hands on defense. Those are the pieces of, of, of armor that you hold in your hands. The breastplate, it, it resides on your chest. The, the helmet of salvation resides on your head. But you, you have the shield of faith in one hand and the sword of the spirit in the other. That's your main defense. I believe that there are different levels of defense. That's number one. Christians, we're going to fall. We're going to sin. But take up this armor and fight against it. Because the days are, they're, they're getting worse. They're getting more evil by the day. We need defense. We need help. And there's nothing you can do on your own. Don't try to fight this battle on your own. Do not try to take on the enemy by yourself. And do not live in denial thinking that you are going to be perfect. For Christians fall. Christians sin. But we don't live in sin. Know the difference. I pray everyone out there has a wonderful day. A great day. Fight the good fight. And stay upright as much as you can. Share this broadcast with somebody that you love. Somebody that you feel like may be struggling right now. Thinking that they need to be perfect. Thinking that they should never mess up. We need to edify each other. Not not bash each other when we when we mess up. Not push each other down when we mess up. But pick each other up. Dust each other off. And and guide each other down the path of righteousness. That's that was what the Lord intended us to do. Not point fingers and judge. Not be legalistic people. Not be a modern day Pharisee. That is not what we were called to do. God bless you all. I will see you in the next episode. Have a great day.